Welcome to the In The Moment Podcast with Tanya and Esther. Each episode will bring captivating and insightful information as we walk the path toward healing from inside out. Now, here are your hosts, Tanya and Esther. Hey fam, I'm excited about this episode because we have a special guest, LaFonda Blackman. She's an author of the her new book that's coming out called Secrets She Kept and the Lies She Told. She also is a mother of three. She also is a businesswoman and an entrepreneur. I'm so excited that she's here with us. Hi everyone, how you doing? Good, good, how are you? Good. So... Do you want me to call you LaFonda or do you want me to call you Toy? You can call me Toy because everybody's show out I've been on, they call me Toy. Even if they got my book, they still call me Toy. They don't even call me LaFonda. <laughs> so, Toy, can you tell us what inspired you to write your memoir and tell us a little bit about yourself? One of my friends, she was like, I need to write a book because I have some stories and I'm like, girl, I don't even know like where to start. And she was like, girl, just write. So I was like, okay. So I did it. It took me like six to eight months to write it because it was like on and off. I wasn't consistent with it. And me, myself, like I was a bartender. I done been a dancer. I've been an entrepreneur since 2011. So I don't have my hand in some of everything as now. Anything I feel like that's going to make me money, baby, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so what's the name of your business? One is Successful Chick Hair, where it is Successful Cheek. And then the other one with my clothes and stuff is Successful Luxury. Okay. So can you tell us what inspired you with the title of your book? I love the title of your book. What inspired the title of the book? I was sitting there and I was thinking about everything I done went through in life. And I'm like, I done held a lot of secrets from some of my friends still holding their secrets. And I done told a lot of lies. So I called my friend that encouraged me to write the book. I was like, okay, I think I got to write what I said, the secret she kept and the lies she told. And she was like, that's it. That's the one. So that's what I ran with. I love it. Thank you. So is this your first book or do you have other books? This is my first book. I released this book two weeks ago. So it's out now on Amazon. And I also have hard copies for those that want the autograph copy. I'm working on my second book, but it's not about my life this time. But it is a true story. So I'm excited about that because that book there is like very... It's going to make you cry and depressed and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what was one of the most surprising things that you learned through writing your book? A lot about me. You know how you know about you, but some stuff you forget about you because you want to forget it because it wasn't a good thing. But when I wrote the book, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. So I have grown a lot from my book. I have grown a lot. So how have you grown? How have you seen yourself grown? Well, I'm definitely not the person that I used to be. I'm going to keep it clean because as to say, y'all, it's a clean professional show. But baby, I was out there on them streets. Right. I was not, man, I did a lot of sex. I did a lot of betrayals. 
I tried drugs, but I was never a drug addict. Like I tried it. It was just like a party drug for me. Now I don't do drugs. I'm more spiritual now. I love God. I always love God, but I'm more and more into him now than I was back then before. And I'm older and wiser. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, I have, and I have grown kids and I'm a grandmother. So a lot of things like I would not dare to do anymore because now my kids are the ones that being in the strip clubs and things like that. What challenges did you face when you're writing this book? My challenges was when I had to relive the story of me being raped when I was eight months pregnant. Mm. That was my challenge. To go back and do the details, it was like, <sighs> at first I was saying, do I want to tell this? But then I'm like, you say yes to tell it. It's like, you're not going to hold nothing back. You're going to like, put everything out there whether you put names or not like that's what I had to tell myself so I was like okay here it goes and that's when I just you know I took a minute a pause from it because that part was hard to write but once I got over it and I just was like okay I'm ready to tell it so how was it for you being vulnerable and being open how was that like I always been an open person but it's like a lot of things people make assumptions of when it comes to me they don't know my side of the story is whatever their friends told them or whatever they heard about me that's where they run with and that makes them don't like me but when they get to know me for themselves it's like man you cool as heck like I'm like yeah like <laughs> first of all I don't hide nothing. I'm an open book myself. So anything you want to ask me, ask me. Like, you can come to me and ask me. I don't take offense to nothing. None of that. i always been like that. I don't have no regrets in life. Nothing. Like, everything I did, I knew it was a reason for doing it. And it was a lesson. So I learned my lessons and I know the reasons. So I just move forward. That's beautiful. So the following topic is sensitive. So you could just, however you feel comfortable answering it. So you were saying you went through abuse when you were younger. Around what age did the abuse begin? The abuse began when I was like 19, 20. I was dating an older guy. He ended up being my second child's father. And he used to have sex with my friends and then come home and jump on me because my friends was telling him things that I was doing. So He'll have sex with them, and then he'll come home and beat on me. And one time, he beat me in front of my oldest son at the time, was five years old. And he beat me in front of my child and then tried to make me have sex with him in front of my child. So how did that make you, like, not have, like, bitter and hate and anger in your heart? It's so crazy because... I sit back and I think about a lot of things to this day. If somebody do me wrong, I do not hate them. I forgive them and I move on. I don't let them know that I forgave them though. I forgive them for myself and I move on. So I always been like that, but I always been like that. But will I talk to them again? No, because even though my son from him is 23 years old, right. when He'll talk to my son on the phone and he'll be like, oh, tell your mom I said hi. 
So it's like I still don't like him, but I don't hate him, you know? Right. What about like those friendships? Because that would be hard for me. How did you forgive them, like your friends? That too. The same thing. Yeah. I forgave them. I forgave them, but I don't talk to them again. Right. I got it. So the forgiveness is what you gave yourself. You wasn't waiting for an apology. You just decided to, you know, forgive them and do it for yourself so you won't be, like, in bondage anymore. So it was like you decided, like, I'm going to free myself, but I'm going to let this person go. I'm not going to welcome them back into my life anymore. Exactly. It's only one of them that I apologize to because if I do you wrong and I know I did you wrong, like, I'm going to apologize to you and I'm going to let you know up front. Like, I'm not calling you to apologize for us to be friends again. I'm apologizing because I know I did you wrong. So I apologize and I move forward. And then it's like I did that. And then they still go tell people, oh, girl, she called me apologizing to me like I want to be her friend again. But you didn't have that energy on the phone, sweetie. You told me you forgive me and we moved forward. I told you, we not friends. Even after that, we didn't conversate no more, no none of that. We actually ended up getting into a fight and her and someone jumped me. So it's like, what is the purpose? But I know for me to get my blessings and I don't want life hindering me. If I did something wrong, I'm going to apologize for it and I'm going to move forward. But I wouldn't even trust me around you anymore. So, cause you know, people be playing get back. So it's like, I don't even trust them. That's why I, I won't even let them come back around me. Cause I don't know what you're capable of doing. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about your mom and you guys relationship? She wasn't in, in the beginning of my life. I was raised by my grandmother. So my mom was a real bad drug addict. And when she used to come around, you know how a child would be happy when they see their dad because their dad don't come around like that? Like, that's how I was when I see my mom. Like, I used to be so excited. And when I used to be on punishment and she will try to come get me to spend the day with me or whatever, my grandma wouldn't allow me to go because I'm on punishment. And she that's one of the things, like, she knew that I liked, so she took it, you know, took it away if I would act out or whatever. So... Until I was 15, that's when I decided to go live with my mom. Me and my mom's relationship, I'm the only child, but my mom was the type of person that she was more lenient than my grandmother. And our relationship got really rocky once I got, I'll say when I got pregnant, because when I got pregnant, me and her got into a fight. She didn't hit me, but she had pushed like pinned me against the wall and I wanted to hit her so bad but I didn't and I left the house and I just moved in with one of my friends but when she found out she was sick that's when our relationship got stronger and that's when I never grew up with her saying I love you so that affected me because I didn't know how to love my kids when people told me they love me i just said it back because they said it to me and I just feel like that was the right thing to do but inside I didn't know what love was I didn't know how to feel no none of that because I never got told that when I was younger by my mom wow 
So with your mom being, you know, was addicted to drugs, how did you not fall into the same temptation? Being strong-minded, I always knew I didn't want to be like my mom, strung out on drugs. I always knew that that's something I didn't want to do. So she ended up meeting my stepdad and she cleaned up to where it wasn't as bad as she was because my mom used to be the type that wherever she laid her head at, that's what she fell asleep at. And my grandma used to let her come and take baths at the house, but wouldn't let her stay there. So when she got with my stepdad, she cleaned up and, you know, she had a roof over her head. So she maintained and it was just like, I don't know. I just never felt like when I'm down or depressed or going through something, I turn to drugs. I'm more of a drinker, but I'm not crazy with the drinking. I could stop that too if I want to. I done did it before, but I go back. <laughs> right. So I never found myself addicted to anything because once I put my mind to it and say, okay, I want to stop, I'm going to stop it. Okay. How was you able to heal and trust after the rape while you was pregnant? I had to feel like I'm just, to be honest, I feel like I'm just healing from that. Because I did an interview yesterday and it hit me. I was like, I think that's why I used to have so much sex. From me being raped, I used to feel like that's the only way guys are going to like me if I have sex with them. I feel like no one never really liked me for me. It was all about sex. And to this day, when I meet guys, that's why I don't fool with guys because I can have a conversation with them and the first thing they mouth is sex and that is a turnoff. Right. So I don't even deal with them. I don't even deal with them. So to me, I feel like that's why I was doing what I was doing because I had got violated and I felt like when I did get a guy, I had to have sex. It had to be about sex because I feel like he wasn't going to like me for me. Thank you for sharing that. So what are some ways that you're healing through that, if you don't mind sharing? I just start loving myself and putting myself first in 2019. So this process is very fresh for me and it feels so good. And I just focus on the things that's in front of me. I don't stress about stuff. I just put it in God's hands. Like, if it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, he going to show me that it's not because he's not going to give it to me. Like, that's how I live my life right now. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So as a child, what did you want it to be when you grew up? I actually want to be, I had two things. I wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to go to the Army, not the Army, the Air Force. Those are the two things I wanted to do. So how was it for you? You know, knowing that you wanted to be that when you grew up, but then to walk the path of, you know, being a CNA nurse and then being introduced to being a scripper, how was that? It was crazy because once I left Bell, because I'm originally from Bell Glade, Florida. So once I left Bell Glade and moved to West Palm Beach with my mom, that whole vision was out the window. Like I didn't finish school. I ended up getting my GED. But I got that years later. I always look for something that was quick. 
And for some reason, I love taking care of the elderly. Like, I love that type of work. So I remember my auntie went to school to be a CNA. So I looked up the name of the school that she went to because it was in West Palm Beach too. And I found it and I registered for school because at that time, like you didn't have to have a high school diploma to be a CNA. So I went to school, it was a six months program. I went to school, I finished. I was so proud of myself because that was the first thing in life I ever committed to and finished it. So when I graduated, what hurted me was my mom didn't even come to my graduation. It was just like, I never got, I'm proud of you from her. To hear those things from your mom, that's a lot. But I never got that from her and that bothered me, but I still went through it, graduated, was working. I ended up losing that job because I got into a fight and ran the girl over with my car because I had issues. I had anger issues, but I went to anguish management. That's why I think now I'm more a lot calmer too. I think before I react because I used to be the person that act and then think and be like, dang, I shouldn't have did that. I could have handled that different. But then I wasn't thinking like that. So I ended up losing the job and stuff, but and I ended up going back dancing. What got you into scripting? I went to the club one night with my neighbor and I just went there to hang out. I promise y'all, dancing was not on my mind. I just told her, I was like, can I go to work with you? I was like, I don't want to dance. I just want to go because it's a club scenery. And you know, I want to have to pay to get in and have me some drinks and just chill. But when I went there and I seen all that money that all them girls was making, I was like, oh, I'm coming back tomorrow. (laughs) And I was working at McDonald's at the time. And when the night was over with, I went to her boss. We was leaving. And he was like, did you have fun? So I was like, yeah, I had fun. And I was like, I'm coming back tomorrow. And he was like, okay. And I was like, no, I'm saying I'm coming back tomorrow to dance. He said, no, you're not. I was like, yes, I am. And I went back the next day to dance. That money was too good. So how long did you do that for? Off and on from when I was 19 all the way until I was... My last time in the strip club was 2015. So from 1997, 98 to 2015. Oh, that's a long... Yeah, that's a while. Did you ever think about, like, stopping or... Yeah, yeah. I stopped all the time. I stopped all the time. Whenever the club got on my nerve, I find a job, work the job. Then when the job pissed me off, I go back to stripping. Right. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, so I was on and off the whole time between all those years. I was on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. Got it. Then tell us a little bit about, because you said, I know briefly we're talking about there's a guy you met that kind of helped you like change and like start like a new business. Okay. So he came in the strip club. For some reason, the manager of the club, he asked me, I used to work night shift because I was the type of person like whatever I need to do in the daytime, I can do it in the daytime and then I can get some rest and I don't have to be to work until eight o'clock or whatever. But one night the manager who he managed day shift, but he was in the club that night. 
and he was like i want you to come and work on day shift so i was like is it money on day shift and he was like yeah the guys come in here but we don't have really nothing to look at on day shift so i was like I don't know, because I be making my money at night, and I like to sleep in. And then he was like, just come one time. If you don't make no money, he was like, I make up for what you don't make. So I was like, okay. So the next day, I started working day. So I'm there, and I'm looking at the girls, and I'm like, okay, now I see what he's talking about. Like, there's no cute girls on day shows. Things change now, but yeah. So... This guy come in there, the manager comes in there and was like, y'all need to hurry up and get dressed. We have a customer out there. And I already, already see the guy come in. He's a known guy in the strip clubs. So I was like, I'm not finna rush because I'm not the type of girl that he be dancing anyway. So, and plus all the other dancers, they know him. So they finna rush over there to him anyways. So I got dressed, went out. I had to go on stage. When I went on stage, he was dancing a girl, but he was tipping me also. So after he was tipping me and I got off stage, I went to him to say thank you. Because if I see who tipped me, I always go around to them and tell them thank you. So I goes over to him. I tell him thank you. And he was like, stay right here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm the type of dancer, like I'm very respectful. He's dancing someone. I'm not going to stand there. You know, but he told me, stay, he was like, stay here. Like, I want to talk to you. So I'm like, okay. So the song had finished. She paid the girl and she left. So he told me to sit down. He was talking to me and stuff. He, we was getting to know each other. And then all of a sudden, like, he told me he loved me. And I'm like, what? And he was like, no, no, for real, for real. He was like, I'm not just saying that. Like, I love you. So I was like, don't say that because love is a powerful word like you just can't go around slinging love everywhere so he was like no like talking to you because every guy always told me that they was like you don't belong in here why are you in here but he was telling me like talking to you like you way bigger than this bro and at that time i was doing the home health aid job so he was like i want to make you my girlfriend so i'm like this don't be happening just like this like so I'm like okay I was like you sure that's what you want so he was like I trust me I know what I want so I'm like okay so he asked me what I like to eat then he left the club went to the store and purchased seafood because I love seafood so he went and purchased seafood he was like caught my phone he was like don't make me go to the store and get this stuff and then you don't come over and then I was like I'm gonna come I'm gonna come so 8 o'clock came because I worked the shift from 12 to 8 Got off work, called him, went over there. He cooked. But found out he ain't cooked. He had his mama to cook. <laughs> so <laughs> we ate and stuff. And then from there, it was like he just wouldn't let me leave from around him. And I'm like, I have to go home. Like, my kids have to go to school. So he was like, okay, go, but come back. So the days that I have to go to work, like, I go home and stuff like that. And he'll come to my house. It came to the point, like, I literally was sneaking going to the club because he told me, like, once I make you my girlfriend, like, you're not going to be in the club no more. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I'm not one of these dancers that be like, oh, I ain't going to stop dancing for you. Like, I'm fine with that because I have a job, so I don't care. But, yeah, he just he took me out the club and I just never went back. So how was it for you 
ending your relationship with him and then enter a relationship with a woman. How was that for you? And how long oh, did you guys date it before you end the relationship? Me and him dated for four years. We got married. The marriage only lasts four months. And then I started dating a girl because I end up meeting this girl that I had a crush on over social media. So when I met her, it was like, I have a chance to finally get my crush. Like I'm not gonna pass this opportunity up. So that's how she looked up with me because she was a mistake. Like I left him, someone that was taking care of me and my kids to be taking care of her. Right. So she was a mistake, but she was a crush. Like I had a crush on her over a year. So it was like, I didn't want to give up on my crush because I had an opportunity to have her. So with him, he had the relationship anyways. Like at my mom's funeral, instead of him being there for me, he's in the back of the church going through my phone. And after the funeral, like literally after we walk out of church and get in the car to leave, like we're in the car arguing and my kids in the back crying and all this stuff. And I'm like, are you serious, dude? Like, bruh. We just left my mama's funeral and you arguing with me. So from there, I lost respect from him anyways. And he was already an insecure person anyways. So from there, I lost respect for him. So I already knew like it couldn't be nothing no more. But I still tried to work with it. But I just couldn't do it no more. I just couldn't do it. So when did you know that you had like girls? When did you? Oh, I've been here like the girls. So when I was younger... I'm talking about, I think I was like 11 okay. or maybe even younger. I used to literally wait for my aunts to go in the shower and I time them when I know that they're naked and I'm not going to do it and act like I have to use the bathroom just so I can see their body. Like I was infatuated with. <laughs> I was infatuated with. But after that, it didn't come out of me until I started dancing. At 19, men in a strip club and they used to do girl on girl shows. So it was like, oh, it's okay to be like this. So that's how I came out. Okay. So when did you tell your, like, how did you tell your mom? How was that? Oh, girl, I went to her. I said, mom, she said, what? I said, I got a girlfriend. She said, okay, I tried it. I don't like it. So she said, I liked it. So, okay. And I was like, that's it? She's like, yeah, if you like it, I love it. I said, okay. As long as she ain't care, I ain't care about nobody else and how nobody else feels. Did you have a hard time when you went to school? Like being picked on or bullying? I wasn't in school. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't in school. I was 19. I wasn't in school. I was just dancing. So I wasn't in school. Thank you for sharing. When did you meet your current partner? I met her three years ago after my toxic ex-girlfriend. How we met was crazy. How, how to explain it? My ex-girlfriend, goddaughter, mother, hooked me and my current mate up. What? Because they, yeah, <laughs> because they see that my ex was very, she was very disrespectful. Like she breaks you down with her mouth. Like that mouth was very disrespectful. Like the things she used to say to me to belittle me, break me. And it was just crazy. 
so when I finally got tired, they was at the house one day and she disrespected me in front of them. And I was like, enough is enough. Like I take this behind closed doors, but now you're in front of your friends and you're disrespecting me. And I can tell that nobody, they didn't agree with what she was doing because they was looking like, bro, what? So her goddaughter mother was like, I'm hook you up with my sister. So I'm like, who's your sister? So she told me her name. I was like, wait a minute. She's on my Facebook. And my current girlfriend ain't even the type of girl that I would date. So I was like, I seen her. I, I don't know because I like girls that look like boys. My girl now is more of a She'll no label. She don't label herself as anything. Because if she want to put on a wig, I want to get her hair done, she go get her hair done. Only thing she won't do is wear makeup. She won't get her nails done, but she'll get her a pedicure and she won't wear a dress. But she'll wear a wig and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, but she's cute. So she ended up calling her and she was like, oh, I'm with your future girlfriend. So she was like, who's my future girlfriend? So she put the phone on me. So she was like, <gasps> Toy, oh my God, da, 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 da. and I was like, oh, you know my name, because <laughs> I mean, I know we Facebook friends, but I didn't know like, you know, what I'm you know how it goes, like, right. I don't know how. So the first year it was rough because my ex was causing problems in our relationship, and I was allowing it because she was making me feel like we was friends, but she had a hidden agenda, so. It was just like, man, I'm not going to do this with you because I know, man, you can't be together because that relationship, it ended ugly. Like, I beat her with a bat and everything. Like, me and my sister jumped her. So, we already knew we couldn't be back together because her family ain't like me and my kids and my sister didn't like her. So, we definitely couldn't be back together. So, I left it alone. And then I just focused on my girlfriend because I was like, nah, I can't be friends with you because you don't know how to be friends. Right. So, okay, before your mom passed, because I know she passed away because she had cancer, was you able to mend your relationship before she passed away? Yes. I was there for her during the whole time that she was sick when it got worse. I was there for her. That's like I said, that's when she started telling me she loved me and stuff like that. And I'll go down and spend time with her. But when she got really bad, I was sick. I was down there every day. I'll go home on the weekend because she stayed in West Palm and I stayed in Fort Lauderdale. So it was like a 30 to 40 minute drive from her. So I stayed down there Monday through Friday. And then on Fridays, I go home because I was a promoter at the time. And I had clubs that I was doing on Fridays and Saturdays. So I'd be home on the weekend and with her until she passed. Like I was literally there and told her if she was ready to go, that we'll be okay. And that's when she took her last breath. How long did she battle with cancer, if you don't mind me asking? It's crazy, y'all, because she went to the doctor. Her doctor diagnosed her with strip throat. Wow. The whole time it was cancer. Wow. She got into, her throat was hurting her real bad one day and she was just crying. And remind y'all, my mama was not a crier. My mama fights, like she don't cry. I never had seen my mama cry before. And she was like, I can't talk. It's hurting me so bad. I got to go to the hospital. 
when she went to the hospital, that's when they diagnosed her with cancer. She ended up leaving and then it came back. And when it came back, she ended up having to get a trach in her throat. When she got the trach in her throat, that was like September. I said September, she had got the trach in her throat. And then she passed on November the 1st. Wow. Wow. I'm so glad that you was able to mend your relationship because a lot of people do not get that opportunity to mend their relationship with their parents or their loved one before they you know pass on so i'm so thankful that you had that opportunity you know she used to come see me every day and i'm like why is this lady coming and like i'm thinking it's a dream i know it was a dream but i'm like why am i seeing her every day so when I talk to people, they be like, because she has some unfinished business that she didn't take care of. So I was like, well, what unfinished business that she had? Right. So one day she tells me when she came to me, she says, call Peter. And I'm like, why am I calling him? I was like, first of all, if I call him, you can't talk to him because you're dead. And she was like, I am not dead. Why you keep saying that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Girl, yes, she is. So I took her in the house and I called my stepdad and my oldest son out the room. And I was like, boy, Henry, can y'all see Renee? Because her name, we call her Renee. Her real name was Big Lester. So I was like, can y'all see Renee? And they was like, no. Like looking at me like, girl, what? Like, no. So I said, see, I told you I'm the only one that can see you. Then she looking like, what the fuck? So she was like, well, come. So I called the man for her. Gave her the phone. She's talked to him. And ever since then, I ain't seen my mama no more. And I figured out what it was because he was a side dude, right? So he probably didn't know that my mom passed. And it was crazy because when she passed, I had got her phone. And like three times I went to this man's name and was going to call him and tell him. And I was like, man, like, I don't owe him to tell him that. Like, my stepdad right here. They was, my mom and my stepdad wasn't married, but they was together for over 30 freaking years. Right. So you might well say they was. So it was like, man, I'm not calling this man because I don't owe him nothing. Like, my stepdaddy right here, like, he's the one that mattered. So that's why I never called him. But when I did that for her, I ain't see her no more. So I say, well, that was the unfinished business that everybody kept saying she had some unfinished business. So how did you like heal and move on? How was you able to heal and move on after your mom passed away? You never heal. You never heal. The times I be saying, dang, I wish my mom was here. I want to tell her something or I'm going through something. I'd be like, dang, I just need my mama to cuss me out so I can snap up out of this. <laughs> Like, you never hear from that. Never, ever. It took me six months to even break down after my mom had passed. It took me six months. Like, I didn't cry or nothing when my mom had passed. It took me six months later to have a mental breakdown. I didn't go outside for a whole week. I didn't eat like that. Like, nothing. And yeah, to this day. I just started back celebrating holidays once I got with this mate because she's into holidays and she just be overboard. And when it was the first year me and her was together, it was my mom's birthday coming up. This girl literally 
went and got my mom was turning 52 she went and got 52 balloons wow just so i could let them go in the air and I'm you're doing too much i was mad at her because i'm like bro like it was making me mad but then i had to accept like this is how she is and she's trying to cheer me up so she stopped she controls me from breaking down when it comes to holidays so she'll pre-plan stuff so my mind won't be on it see i can relate to that because when my dad had passed away and then my sister had got killed and died like two years later and I wasn't finished like processing and dealing with his death. And then my sister got, you know, unexpectedly was killed. So, and when she died, I like kept myself busy, you know, doing things. And then one day it all just came crashing down. Everything, the emotions and the feelings just all of a sudden just came flooding in and I didn't know what to do with it. And so then I started unraveling, you know, so, and then Eventually, a guy got me to the point where he isolated me for a little bit and was able to allow me to process everything in order for me to, you know, heal, you know, for that healing journey to begin and for me to, you know, move forward, you know, so I can kind of relate and understand that. The dad part, I can't even relate to you with that one. I'm sorry. Like, I literally, they had to make me go to my dad's funeral. And I literally, when I went up there to view his body, like, I literally, like, I did not want to be there. I cussed him out. Like, everything that was on my chest that I always wanted to say to him, I said it. So when it comes to the dad, it's just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, though. <laughs> grief looks different for you know depending on our relationships with our loved ones and yeah close ones thank you for sharing both of you guys so what advice would you give your younger self oh my god my younger self i wish i can come back and redo you because it's so much that we could have done and we could have been the things that we did back then, <laughs> if I was me now, the mindset I have now, there's no way I would have been able to write a book because I wouldn't have had a story to tell. Right. I really would have lived the life that my grandmother had planned out for me. She had big dreams for me. She was putting up money for me to go to college, all that. I wish I would have finish and I wish I would have went to college I wish but it's never too late no it's not too late but I'm a convicted felon so it's the things that I want to do in life when it comes to career wise I can't because I'm a convicted felon got it so right. that's why I say if yeah I hate that part but the system yeah so what impact would you say your current partner has in your life Oh my God, she's so motivating. She's not positive. I'm the one that be making her stop being thinking negative, but she just always look for the bad because she's like, uh-uh, it's something behind it. Not dealing with me, like when I bring her stuff and tell her stuff, she's gonna be like, uh-uh, it don't seem right. It's something behind it. I'd be like, oh my God, bro, why you just can't take chances on things? Everything don't have to be bad. And then, guess what? Everything be bad. And she be like, see, I told you. <laughs> but 
she's very supportive very 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 supportive man she's very supportive she got my back 100 she shows me that over and over when it comes to my kids i ain't gonna leave a lot of y'all hun my oldest son is she's just a year older than my oldest son but when it comes to my kids baby she's there mm-hmm. she's there so she's just that person that i never had in no, I ain't gonna say I never had any girlfriend because a lot of my girlfriends was good. Okay, but now, yeah, mentally, she keeps me afloat. Physically, she keeps me afloat. Spiritually, I keeps myself afloat. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, because I have to help her when it comes spiritually. I have to help her with that. So how did you, you know, rebuild? Because I know you said you have a criminal record, you know, going to jail. How did you rebuild and how did you, even with you being a scripper, how did you handle insecurity? I never had an insecure problem. I never had a jealousy problem. None of that. Because I just feel like they like you, they like you, they don't, they don't. That used to be my attitude. Like, you either like me, you like me, you don't, you don't. Like, it's too many fishes in the sea for me to be stressing about one of y'all. Fighting over dudes, never did that. Never, ever did that. It's always me fighting the girls because they don't got involved with the dude that I messed with and they feelings involved, so they get disrespectful. So I fight them about my respect. Like, baby, whatever you and him got going on, don't come in with me with that. That Keep me out of it. Because clearly, he wants to be with you. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't be cheating on me with you. So I just don't have the energy for that. Never did. So how did you rebuild, like, having your criminal record, which, you know, and facing, knowing and facing rejection? Because, you know, the world can be cruel sometimes, not always welcoming, you know, to give someone a fresh start. Or how did you handle that? That's why I turned to an entrepreneur. Because... It's a lot of things that, like I was telling you guys, like it's a lot of things I want to do, but I can't do it because my work hinders me. I wanted to be from go from a CNA to an RN. Can't do it. So it's like you got to build your own dream because if you depend on the people, the corporate world to do it, they gonna stop you. Right. So you got to build your own dream. So that's why I'm more of an entrepreneur than anything. Yes, I still work, but I'm too grown now to be working at McDonald's and all those fast food restaurants. Like, I want a career. I want to be in the corporate world. I don't want to be, you know? So it's like, you know what, Toy? Just build your own corporation. Right. I love how you turned that into like a beautiful thing and career for yourself. Thank you. I'll be fine. What advice would you give someone who is trying to write a book? What advice would you give someone who's trying to write a book or write a memoir? Tell your story. If you feel like your story can help someone, tell your story. Don't hold back nothing. You already lived that life. It's not like you're still living it. So don't worry about the judgment. They're going to judge you anyways. Amen. So how did you went about as far as getting it out there and 
getting it published? How did what route did you take as far as that? Okay, so in 2017, no, 2018, I put it out there. I just put my book cover online, and my book was when I tell you, I basically was just selling the manuscript and it wasn't edited or anything it was raw and uncut so when people was like oh i buy i buy i buy i saw over 100 copies in 2018 raw and uncut but i let them know like listen it's not edited it's not nothing it's not professional or nothing like i just put it out here because i want to see the feedback from it and when I tell you the feedback was crazy, I sold over a hundred books like that. So what made me redo it and do it the right way, because my co-host, she was one of the people that got my first book when I was selling it the first time. And everybody that came on our show, we talking about books because we interviewed a lot of authors and they were like, well, why won't you publish, why won't you publish your book? So I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've been thinking about republishing it or whatever. And then they was like, do it. Like, someone needs to hear your story. Like, you never know who your story can help. And I was like, yeah, because, baby, don't people, the first section, like, they was giving me good feedback, telling me, oh, why you did this to her? Or why you did that? And I just was like, okay. So I built up the courage again to, like, go back in my manuscript. And I was reading it. And I seen that I left a lot of things out. So what I did, I added the things that was left out because even the people were saying like, you left some stuff out. You could tell you left some stuff out. So this time I just went back and added more to the book that I seen that I did left out. And I went through KDP and Amazon. I went through them. You publish it for free. You don't have to pay nobody to publish your book. I found one of my Facebook friends. I knew her from a long time ago. She used to dance with me. She edited my book for me. And then I just published it through Amazon. First, I just did an ebook because I was like, I'm just going to do an ebook. But then everybody was like, oh, I want a hard copy. You only have ebook. So I was like, all right. So that's when I went back a week later and I produced the paperback. Got it. Because you inspired me because I want to write a book. So. You inspire me to want to follow it's in your easy. footsteps. It's easy. You don't have to be paying no money, no money to do nothing. And me, I'm good with marketing and promoting. So I just promote my own stuff. And then my all my flyers. I did my own book cover. All that. Oh wow, that's super inspiring. We'll definitely leave your information on the podcast as well. Thank you. Okay, this is our last and final question. If you were sitting on a bench and if you could speak to anyone past, present, who would it be and what question would you ask? I would speak to my mother and I would ask her why did she choose drugs than to be with her child? Because I never knew why my mom did drugs. We never had that conversation. So I would want to know, like, what made you turn to drugs? Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and spending a moment with us and sharing your story 
and you guys have to go out and get her book it's called the secret she kept and the lies she told you can go purchase it on amazon you also oh totally you have to tell them also she is have her own podcast and can you tell us a little bit about your podcast Yes, we go live every Friday. Right now, we only stream on Facebook and YouTube every Friday at 8 o'clock. We talk about different topics, things that going on right now. In real life, we stay away from politics and religion. But other than that, like our audience, they send us questions. And we talk about those questions on our live. So we answer their questions on the live and have girl talk while we sipping whatever we're drinking. Sometimes it's water, sometimes it's <laughs> And tell the audience where they can find your book, purchase your book. You can purchase my book on Amazon. It's ebook and paperback available. Or if you want to get a autographed copy from myself, you can follow me on Toy Blackman Facebook, Toy Blackman Instagram, and Toy Blackman on TikTok. Well, thank you so much. And you guys... Until next time, thank yes. you. Yes, thank you so much. We loved having you. And yes, you're welcome. I think did I say my podcast name? Because I don't think I did. No, no. <laughs> what's the name of your podcast? <laughs> it's Sip Tea with Toy and B on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Sip Tea with Toy and B. So guys, thank you guys for taking this time, this moment to spend with us, and we want to also thank our special guest. The Fonda Blackman for taking this time to share with us about her life and share with us why she wrote her memoir. You'll have to go out and get the book. Once again, it's called The Secret She Kept and the Lies She Told. Until next time, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend a moment with us. Make sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode. Find us on Facebook at in the moment podcast on instagram at in the moment podcast 22 and email in the moment pod at yahoo.com